welcome to episode 13 of Reimagining You, the After Class Chat. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a fairly recent phenomenon, but something which many of us will be suffering from. It describes how when we're on our phones, checking out our latest emails, texts, Facebook, or leaning over a laptop for a large proportion of the day, we're placing our necks into an overstressed forward curve, and I certainly am. So let's talk about tech neck. Hello Claire, it's so good to see you. I'm really looking forward to this episode and I'm particularly excited. We're both a little bit delirious, aren't we? Because we've just finished class. We are so excited. We're actually recording for the first time at my studio, Chapel Allerton Pilates, and we've both just been doing class. I've been teaching Matt class online, the actual class where the podcast originated from yeah and you've been doing reformer that's right i've been doing um, reformer my heart is still beating really fast which just goes <laughs> to show that pilates is not a light bit of stretching as I, I always joke it is absolutely not brilliant so i'm excited to get into your questions today sophie yeah so today we're going to talk about tech neck and before we start i'm going to give a little bit a bit little bit of background to this episode so I I think I've mentioned in previous episodes that I've mostly been working from home for the last two years and last summer I've been working home for just over a year and I was sat on a bench in a park and my youngest son was sat next to me and he said to me what's that on your neck mummy you've got a lump (laughs) and he then took a photo so that I could see what he meant and it was horrendous he was right but it wasn't a lump it was more of a hump at the top of my spine and I couldn't stop looking at this photo and then I didn't really think very much more about it until fast forward a couple of months ago and you and I had some photos done for the podcast didn't we? We did! Standing around about where we are now And oh my goodness, what a wake-up call. Because side by side with you, Claire, my head was jutting forward from my spine while yours, and you've just adjusted it, as I'd expect from a Pilates teacher, (laughs) is placed beautifully at the top of your spine. And I was absolutely horrified at my posture. She wouldn't even let me use the photos (laughs) because she was so mortified. (laughs) So my first question is, What's happened to me? Well, those postural changes are happening to us all, no matter what we're doing. Even regardless of technology and all of those things, that all of us, we can't really be without those things. We have to learn to live with them and understand how to adjust and adapt and alter our posture accordingly. And what's happened to you is effectively a repetitive strain injury it's repetitive motion of your head forward toward the computer screen which is what we're talking about really for you working at home and we know listeners that you are a lot of you are working at home and you're experiencing exactly what Sophie is where maybe it's not the ideal setup of your desk that you might have had in your workplace for some of you I know it's a lot better and whatever we do repetitively our body just 
reflects that so it is an image of your body has formed into the shape that you've asked it to while it's not been intentional you literally have asked your body to make that shape and because our heads are not designed to be forwards for long periods of time Mm. there's got to be like a, a, a lay down of extra stuff there to make up for your head to counterbalance because there's a big old lovely brain in your head doing all this (laughs) doing all this great work and it's heavy your head is heavy it's a bowling ball that's designed to be balanced up on the top and the minute you take it forward it gets heavier so it's like putting the brakes on at the back of your neck at the top Mm. of your upper back and shoulders they just grab on and as they grab on all those muscles and the connective tissue in there they get thicker to help hold the weight of your head that's dangling forwards hence the hump hence the hump it's just a thickening of tissue in there but do you know what since i've noticed this one of my other things working from home is looking out of the window hope no one from work's listening to this (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get the trouble (laughs) and i've taken up people people watching oh it's a a brilliant as a pastime because once you notice it you can't unnotice it yeah and so many other people's heads are forward from their spine and I've watched people going past the window often it's the same people and they're on their phones oh, and, and it's jutting forward and so it's far what forward. I did yeah and you know I'm not it's not judgmental in any way because it's completely we're all doing it I'm doing it we're yeah. all doing it but I I looked it up just out of interest to see like were there any stats about were we changing our habits were we on our phones and I saw a stat that we're spending on average an hour a day mm-hmm. more on non-voice activities, so not on phone calls, on mobile devices than we were about nine or ten years ago. Now, it doesn't sound like loads, does it? But because I'm a bit of a geek, I did a bit of maths. So that's an another seven hours a week mm. looking at a phone. And I hope my maths here is right. That's just over an extra 15 days a year, another 365 yeah hours whoa you're blowing people's minds (laughs) on our phones equally i heard a study uh it was an american study where it actually showed that people are spending an hour a day just scrolling social media Mm. and i actually have a lot of people who say to me oh i don't have time to fit in some exercises at home i don't have time for pilates and i'm like well if you are spending that time on your phone where you're maybe not getting any kind of nutrition for your mind and body out of that scrolling time even if you half that and you had half an hour social media and half an hour doing something nourishing for your body and improving your technique just being off the phone would do it but it would also give you time and we need that to counteract what we're doing at the computers because i would say you know we're spending more time doing the thing that's caused the posture changes and shifts, then we are doing the good, healthy activities to nourish us the other way. So, you know, we do need to really consider our time. I am so guilty. I'm so guilty because it pulls you in, doesn't it? I think we all do it. And and it's designed to work that way, isn't it? Phones and everything on the phones, it pulls you in. Next thing you know, half an hour's passed and you're scrolling, looking at nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely true. And things, 
you know, people who are, are posting on social media, they're, they know that what content they produce has to be a scroll stopper it mm. has to be something that grabs our attention so that we keep scrolling yeah, and it just it's a vicious cycle so besides having an achy neck and stiff shoulders what's the impact of this on the rest of our bodies oh so many i mean how long have we got sophie because i have a, <laughs> i could go on as we you have know. a limit so the first thing, if we work like top down, when you have that forward head posture, you're not necessarily getting the, you're not necessarily thinking straight. You're not getting enough communication up through your neck. There's like a kink in the hose, if you like, up to your brain and from your brain down again. So you're at a computer screen, which in and of itself is exhausting you're kind of mind numbing then your head is forward so we're blocking the communication highway that hose has got a kink in it so then you're not thinking necessarily as quickly and as efficiently as you might so there's one thing right at the top then you go down a little bit and we think about respiration so our ability to inhale and exhale which is very important for life and especially post-pandemic this particular pandemic that we have gone through recently has affected people's respiratory system which means it might already be compromised mm. and then we're compressing it with the weight of our forward head because our bodies are so smart our bodies are literally counterbalancing that forward head posture all the way down your body so it's trying to orientate to gravity it's how we stand up it's orientating to gravity so that means that if your head is forward your body below has got to adjust accordingly and that might be that your chest is sinking to help create a different surface area for your head to balance on and if your chest is sunk down your lungs which are attached in under your collarbones don't get to puff up and get as much air into them and your diaphragm that big fat juicy breathing muscle doesn't get to expand like a umbrella opening under your ribs because everything's squished down your ribs are not able to move as much to allow those organs to move and let's just move down the organs digestion i'll not say too much about what happens in our digestion mm. but to say it can be impacted. If you have bowel irregularities, it could be because you're all squished down. Oh, wow. We, we talked about being chair-shaped. Yeah. So now we're going like top down and bottom up, if you pardon the pun. But we aren't <laughs> aware then of being in that rounded shape mm. where our intestines are not getting the movement, not getting the lengthening and then the contracting that needs to take place for proper movements. And I mean, I could go on, yes. but there is a lot in your organs that are impacted by that first little bit of your head moving forward and the chain reaction of your structure around that. And of course, I mean, you know, pelvic health, folks, if you've listened to any of our other podcasts, <laughs> you know that pelvic health is my mission and it can be affected because your pelvic floor, your pelvic diaphragm 
is supporting a lot of the weight from above. And if you've increased the weight from above by letting your bowling ball head fall forward, your pelvic floor's going, oh, help, there's a lot of weight up there. And so it's putting more strain onto it as well. Well, that makes so much sense when you when you talk about it like that, when you think about all all of that impact. And we've been having a bit of a debate, haven't we, about our height. Now, Claire reckons <laughs> <laughs> that she's a lot smaller than me. And so we, we tried this, didn't we, back to back? And we seem to be about the same. So I'm now thinking from what you've said and what I've realised, it's because... I'm having a bit of a slump, whereas you're standing up quite straight. And it makes me feel like I'm shrinking. Yes. And, I mean, women do lose a little bit of height. And we start to lose bone density early uh, in our life. So we are... There is a certain natural element of that. However, we're not... And I'm not actually standing up straight because straight is not how we are we are a volume and we are curved and the curves are there to create the balance so there isn't excess load or wear or discomfort or one area like your hump having to work harder than another area (laughs) for some people it can be at their pelvis that their pelvis sways forward and then the back of their knees are holding on so it's that's where the the tension builds up for them so it's different for every body where that is and absolutely we can be losing height just because of lack of movement and posture because when you're moving you're rehydrating and we are such a high percentage of water that we should be fluid and moving and when we're moving we're creating more of that fluid we're creating more space in our joints Mm. it's just you know there's a great Eric Dalton quote and we say it all the time, and it's motion is lotion. Yeah. And I say it all the time, lots of my colleagues say it all the time, because it's utterly true. And it used to be, you get a, have a bad back, okay, you must not move, go and have bed rest. Now that wouldn't be heard of, because we understand that for tissues to heal, they need movement. Okay. That makes sense. So when I've been doing some of my people watching, mm-hmm. I've been looking at children, like, it's a bit odd now, don't I? <laughs> I need to rephrase that. So when you see children, you can see generally that they've still got their heads on the top of the spine. Yes. So you mentioned about bone density, but I'm interested to know, is this inevitable that as I get older, I'm going to start to hunch no. a bit. No, okay. no, no, no. Ah. You should see the relief on her face yeah. right now. Yeah. You're relieved. And it's also, if we just think about this, so before we started recording today, so if we was going, oh, I'm the same height as you now, because she'd come fresh from Pilates, where you will, and we say this all the time, we measure people before and after classes or before and then after a few weeks, and inevitably I've never had it where somebody's not grown because our height loss is postural for so many people I can remember actually when I first started with you know what I'm going to say don't you at your old studio mm. there used to be lines on the wall we've got lines on the wall here oh, too I seen I'll have them to show you it's yeah. brilliant and you know, if you did, so at home as a little 
tip for you if you were able to stand against a bit of wall and actually just draw a line with pencil on the wall at your height and then do some of the exercises that we've talked about before go to a class do something online and I'll even put a little link to a class that will be fun in our show notes that you could do a short class on YouTube and do then another measurement after class and I am sure, guarantee you will be taller. One of my favourite things actually in a Pilates class is when we do some work on legs because that's the one you can most see and you you do whatever it is that you, you might do on the yes. on one leg and put it next to the other one and it's it's like magic. Yeah, because it's grown out of the socket. You don't always, like, we don't always appreciate until we start experiencing our bodies and moving in our bodies that we're holding tension and holding joints stiffly when actually they could be a lot more free and liberated. And so doing that sort of one leg thing and then straightening them out, comparing, it's hilarious every time because we are learning then about ourselves and it's it's hard I think when you're not experienced in moving and maybe you see yourself as not sporty or not fit or however you see yourself and actually when you are just moving and experiencing your own body in Pilates it is for everyone and you can learn so much and have that sort of curious experience it's wonderful so how where does posture fe- feature you mentioned about posture and it makes me think back to like you know those black and white videos of victorian oh, school yeah. children doing like deportment exercises on mass or eeny blighton style finishing schools <laughs> where they're they're teaching the ladies to walk mm. elegantly with books on their heads yeah. does that is is that really a thing or well posture is dynamic it isn't something that's fixed and static and I think sometimes that rigidity of you know pull in your belly hold a book on your head well how are you then going to breathe and we need that for survival (laughs) so it's it's not necessarily that rigid fixed idea that I think sometimes can get caught up with the deportment idea because we are moving all of the time, every second of the day. Our organs are moving and we are moving in response and vice versa. So our movements massage our organs, our organs massage our movement. And so to have something rigid is not really the ideal of how we function. So posture, it's like, it's so tricky, you know, to, to say posture, because I know we think of it as a fixed thing and we're talking about it like us standing back to back and, you know, we, we can all imagine what that's like to stand back to back, but that's like a snapshot moment of posture mm. because that's not what your posture's like when you're at your desk. It's not what your posture's like when you're walking to school. It's not what your posture's like when you get in the car. And one of the funny things after class, a lot of people say this, they get in their car and they have to adjust the seat and adjust the mirror because their posture in their idea of it has, has changed because it has. Their body has shifted and changed within that session. So it's understanding that posture is dynamic. It's with us all of the time and it's changing all of the time. Much like I think we've mentioned before that sitting at a desk 
a lot of people are now doing standing desks, which yeah. is great. It's also doing the same thing for eight hours a day, just the same as sitting was doing the same thing. And we have to remember that it's adaptive. We need to be moving and changing and altering all the time, or we will just adapt our posture to that one thing we do. Because repetitive standing is just the same as repetitive sitting. So can we adapt and do lots of different things? So if you had a standing desk, you might do, you might stand for some of the day, you might go in another position for Correct. another Correct. So part you of might the day. stand, you might walk on the spot. So can I give top tips? I can't help it. I want to give tips of what to do. <laughs> I want to help you all with ideas. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Although I will say, someone I work with told me that they've recently got a treadmill. Yes. And so in meetings, they're just walking. I love it. Walking. I mean, it, it, why not? Why not? Why not? It makes sense. So, I do want to come on to tips, and there's one specifically that I know you've given that one to talk about a little okay, bit more, because I, I want to find out more about it. So early in the first lockdown, when I didn't really have a home working kit, like a separate screen or a keyboard or a laptop riser, I can remember at the end of the day, sometimes I literally couldn't turn my neck. Oh my god! It was, so, it oh was no. so painful. I've got my head in my hands, that's just... And ooh. in one virtual class... I had the screen at the side and I couldn't turn to look at the screen, so I just had to listen. Luckily, your cues were so good. Oh, thank that you. I can, <laughs> that I can, and, but at the beginning of the class, I think you asked, is there any, anything anyone would like to work on? So I can't turn my neck. <laughs> and so you did some exercises with our eyes. Oh, yes. Yes. Looking about with eyes. Can you? Can you tell me how, and, and by, I'll just say by the end of the class, I can't remember exactly what we did. It's a gone and I could move my neck. I suddenly looked, oh. Oh, look, I can look now. Yeah, Brilliant. so I really want to find out a little bit more about what was that magic. So, oh, it, everything is magic that we do. <laughs> and in very simple terms, your eyes are connected to the back of your neck so we can stimulate and release tension at the back of your neck because we're working the nerve between your eyes to your neck. So you moving your eyes. So as long as you're not driving, listeners, let's do a little exercise together. So sitting, standing, lying down doesn't matter. I want you to turn your eyeballs, not your head, just your little eyeballs, all the way over to the left and just hold them there. Keep your head in the center. I've just had to tell. I'm doing so it too, obviously. <laughs> so your eyeballs only. Don't move your head. That's it's it. It's really hard. It's harder than you think. And hold it there. And as you hold it there with your eyeballs over to the left, notice if maybe just at the base of your skull, you can feel a little something. Oh, it's stiffening. Yeah, and then look all the way over to your right. Eyeballs only. I know, it feels like very odd. Eyeballs only. And then back to the centre. And I can feel it. And then do it a few times. And then you can also eyeballs up to the ceiling. I'm really aware of it because I've been on the computer. And feel perhaps there's some tugging, pulling, awareness, tingling, something weird. And then rest your eyes. 
Wow, how does that feel? Yeah, there is something weird. It is weird. (laughs) And that's coupled with, we did it with some, what I would call butterfly arms, where you clasp your hands behind your head and your elbows are moving up and down with your eye gaze. And we start to then incorporate some mobilization through your neck and we build up on that. These are like super simple things to me because I know them. But who knew? You didn't know that your eyeballs connected to the back of your neck because we don't know these things. And so it's a really great way of doing, you know, bringing attention and awareness. And a good use of your eyes as well. Because well, the other thing we were talking about um, before we started recording actually was was that I now wear glasses And I was horrified when she told me that this is just since lockdown. And I bet if that's happened to you, there's many of you listening today who have had to, to get glasses. And so we can actually, through exercising your eyes we can help to um, improve your eyesight. So simple things like when you're outside, pause and look far away. I know it seems so simple, but if you're only looking close at your screen, then you're only getting used to that. So your eyes are only being asked, just like anything else in your body, they do what you ask them to do. And you've asked them to only look at a screen. So anytime, like when you go on the school run, Sophie, you should pause on the way home two or three times and look at something at a great distance. And also look up at things up high also, because then you're starting to stimulate your neck a little bit more It's all awareness, isn't it? Uh Because I think it's so easy to get into Mm. a bit of a rut that you don't know you're in of you know, you're on your screen, you're on your screen, on your screen. You might, like, I get up and go for a lunchtime walk, but that's maybe yes. 25 minutes, 20 minutes. That's great, though. It's good, but I don't think it's enough when, you, when, you look, when you're when you on a screen a lot more. Since yeah. we, um, and most people did, move to online meetings sure, um, sure. where you are just looking at, at the screen a lot more yeah. than we ever did The goal before. would be every 50 minutes. Okay. Five or 50 minutes. You get up and you move around anything. Mm. Bouncing on the spot, deep breathing, standing with your back against the wall, which we've talked about before. We have. I need to set an alarm fit. for that. I was just going to yeah. say that. Setting alarms because we think, oh, I'll do that, I'll do that. And then another day, another week, another month has gone by and we haven't done the thing we wanted to do yeah. to help our health. And you know, another real big priority for me is is self-care, is us all learning about what self-care is, how important it is, and how we can make it legitimately happen in our lives in a guilt-free way. And one of those things is just by setting little alarms for ourselves to do the things we know will help. And you will think straighter, you will be more efficient when you get back to your screen if you've taken those 10 minutes for a oh, movement break. it's so break. easy to think, oh, I haven't got time. I'm so I busy. Know. I need to do this. I need to do that. However, I do know that when I make myself go for a walk, I work mm-hmm. better when I get back. Somehow, or I'll have an idea yep. or you move away from that environment and there'll yep. be some sort of idea. I want to talk a little bit about some of the hacks that you use okay. in, in Pilates classes to help 
clients that might be struggling to sit tall and I'm thinking specifically of times where um, we might be doing something like a spine twist mm. or a, a mm. saw maybe yeah. and someone might not be able to sit in that position tall. usually for some for a seated position that's that's difficult for somebody to sit upright it's actually not their head the forward head the tech neck that's making it difficult to sit upright it's the chair posture pelvis mm. it's the tucking under and the hamstrings at the back of your legs and your bottom not being able to lengthen out to sit up from the bottom end so simply sitting on a little block or a set of books if you're practicing at home sitting on something to boost you up that would be the best and most simple way. Might it be hips as well? Because I sometimes get quite achy hips from sitting for a long time. Yes, definitely achy hips can happen for sitting for, for a long time. And that can be a multitude of, of different reasons. And things that can help would be sitting on a softball, get a gym, one of these big giant gym balls to sit on. Yeah. You can sit on, again, you can sit on some, some books. You can sit up on a rolled up towel, which can really help you. And just thinking about where, or not thinking, but feeling in your body, where is the tension really at? And how could I move my legs about in a way that makes it easier to sit here. And it could just be imaging. We were doing it in class tonight, just imaging. Can you imagine, so stand up for me tall. Everybody stand or sit up tall, as tall as you can. Close your eyes, as long as you're not driving. And I want you to um, really notice any areas of tension in your body, anything that feels like it's maybe clenching that you didn't notice it was clenching. Often I suggest feel for where your glutes are because sometimes we're squeezing our bums and we don't even know it maybe it's your shoulders and then imagine a couple of grains of sugar in water and how they would just dissolve away and I want you to imagine your area of your body that's <coughs> excuse me clenching or tensing and imagine that melting away and notice how it changes. How do you feel, Sophie? Oh, well, it's it's often my right shoulder. Oh, is it? And whenever I, I've done this with you in class before, I suddenly feel like, oh, I need to just circle that, and it gives uh -huh. a big crack. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and sometimes um, pockets of air in our body, like, the, you know, that click, crack, yes. pop thing, is just your body going, oh, I'm just readjusting into alignment again. It's like if you imagine a jigsaw puzzle and yes. you put the wrong piece in and then you go and you find the right piece and it just slots perfectly. It's just what and happens. That, yeah. You're just slotting the pieces together and it's not something to worry about. So <clears throat> is there hope for me? Have you ever <laughs> been able to reverse technique in a client? Oh, so many people, so many people. And it's consistent practice. It's consistent awareness. I think what you touched on before which really resonated with me and I think that that's it's got a lot of essence of what we're doing with the podcast is that it's 
bringing attention and awareness to things that we didn't know. Mm. And when you know, I mean, it you're really conscious. Your posture's better than mine today because you're really standing up tall and I'm at the end I'm of a so long day, happy. all slumpy here. Thank but you, Reforma. You're really, you know, you're already making that difference to your posture mm. because of your awareness of it. And it begins with that awareness um so yes okay no I'm, I'm and it is that just thinking about it and just realizing right I need to move away from my desk I need to walk I need to not be on my phone while I'm Correct. walking um I need to sit a little bit differently perhaps when I'm um look, well I have to be on a screen and I can varying sit the sitting position so sitting with a soft if you've got a squidgy ball at home sitting on the yeah. ball sit with the ball behind you sit with the ball under your feet and try picking up the ball with your feet while you're sitting doing your work so it's back to that varying varying position and just not staying in the same position for Correct. a prolonged period so the burning question is even though i have improved just by that awareness what can i do about it today where do where do i start or where do our our listeners start who might think oh this is resonating with me and i hadn't thought about it before or is it too late it's never too late it's never too late <laughs> so we've talked about before the importance of taking time out like time out every hour if you're working from home and actually standing with your back against the wall we've talked about this lots of times and it makes a huge difference we have a lot less feeling sensation in the back of our body and we don't see it so it's important that it gets some good sensory input to wake up those muscles in the back of your body that are going to help hold your head back up on your spine and build that strength so that postural awareness is really really important getting out for a walk and when you walk look about really take in the environment don't have your phone with you and when you're walking stride out stride out instead of taking those short steps because you get you develop that short stride with your forward head because as we said earlier our body just does what we tell it to by repeating an activity. Mm-hmm. And so it counterbalances your forward head by making a much shorter gait. So if you lengthen out your stride, that will help to bring your head back up on top of your spine too. And that's super simple because we've all got to walk somewhere at some time yeah. in the day. So lengthening out your stride would be really important. And then other things that you can do is when your back is against the wall, when you're doing that one, roll your head from side to side across the wall. Because when you're doing the desk-based work, your head is only going in that one direction mainly, which is why yours got stuck in that direction. Mm. So it is really important that we rotate because that's fantastic for the health of your spine. Another thing you can do when you're seated is you can put your hands on your chest, one on top of the other, just on your chest, and just turn around. <laughs> like it, It's so simple, but we don't know until we're, it's suggested to us to do that. And if you do that half a dozen times, you've added so much more space because you've rehydrated the, the discs in your spine. So it's good and for you. I've just done that as you were speaking, put my hands on my chest and turn around sometimes you don't know how much you need something until oh, yeah. you do it and like oh, oh it feels yes. good yeah and it is just remembering um to do those things and i'm thinking now alarms i need some notes up yeah to just to move from 
from side to side. Can I give you one more thing? Yeah. Standing up exercise where you clasp your hands behind your back. And for some of us, that might be enough. And then all you're going to do is with your arms straight-ish. They might not straight and mine's haven't strained. It's, it's late in the evening. Ooh, Sophie's showing off because hers are straight. And what you're going to do is just lift your arms up a tiny little bit in a pulsing action. Up, 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 up. And that's going to waken up some of those muscles in the back of your arms, the back of your shoulder that are going to help to bring your head back on top of your spine and open up your chest at the same time. So you've got your hands clasped behind your back. They're straight-ish and you're just pulsing them up towards the ceiling. So if I, if I do these things that we're talking about, yeah. sort of little and often. Little and often. That's what my granny used to say, little and often. <laughs> it's, it's so true though, isn't it? Yes. Because if you break it down smaller, it doesn't seem quite so so big and yeah. so, so enormous. So you build habits. Should that reverse start to reverse the technique? Yes. Should it be, will the hump go? You might need to do a little bit more, Sophie. Okay. <laughs> you're doing what you need to do because you're doing regular Pilates classes. Yeah. These day-to-day things are going to keep you on the straight and narrow day-to-day. Yeah. So you need to keep up with that. And regardless, even if you've got technique or not, if you've got a hump or not, our bodies long-term need healthy input. We think about the food that we eat. We, you know, we're, we're aware of this diet and that diet and should we be all be vegan and all of these things because we think consciously about the nutrition we put in that way. What about the movement nutrition? What about the health of our movement? And if we're only doing like, you know, junk junk food movement if you like then that's the result we get so adding lots of it's like having your five a day could you have five a day movement breaks i love that i think that's a great thing to think about because as you know and i think i've said in previous episodes to me before i discovered pilates movement was oh i'll go for a run Mm, i'll do this so i'll do this so i'll do that and actually, what you've mentioned is, if you're in that chair shape, for example, you'll run in the chair shape or you'll do... You so, just take that shape wherever you go, unless you do anything, you know, unless you do something to counteract it. And movement is movement. You know, movement is putting your most commonly used dishes in the bottom cupboard so you have to squat down and get them rearranging your kitchen regularly so you forget where something is and you have to do more work movement to get to where things are we have at the studio pegs at weird and wonderful places so you have to stretch to put your jacket on a peg instead of it just being super simple we make an environment that promotes movement or not in the way that we live our lives which we've said before and it's quite simple actually isn't it and it's stuff we could do at home easy yeah it's just there doesn't awareness and thinking about well what could i do to incorporate that movement into my everyday correct life rather than what i would love is the big splash (laughs) yeah no it is constant awareness changing your mindset and looking for opportunities to move and integrate things into your everyday life so just to sum up 
what's the single best thing I can do to reverse that forward head? varying your desk um working situation yeah. as much as possible so every 50 minutes when you get up and move go back to a different place biggest impact on your body of your head not being on top of your spine but being forward mm-hmm. oh that's really hard so bad you can say two things i mean i mean it's all it all feels so huge to me um but let's say the 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 length of your life because you're the more that you are compressing and shrinking down because of that technique the poorer your whole system you know it's not going to function as well and therefore it's not going to keep you going for as long yeah. so it really and that's so dramatic yeah, it is. and it's fact it's true and it's 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 the reality that we're not facing that that the technology is making this massive impact on our health so much so that it can be changing the length of our life and we want to live a long healthy life really and we have the potential to do that with like the simplest things stand against the wall stretch your arms behind you do these really simple things so what's the best piece of advice I give? I was to take away one thing from chatting to you today about not getting technique in the first place. Mm. What would it be? For not getting it in the first place is to limit your technology to really only what you need. So doing a technology audit. What are you doing on the technology that is in your life that is actually not essential, that could be done in another way? One of the things I've personally been thinking about is the high street, is my local community. And I feel like I sort of accidentally drifted into this habit of online shopping. And I actually love to speak to the local shopkeepers yeah. here to to see and touch and get a sense of oh actually that would be the great a great gift for somebody and just by being there in the moment instead of the limiting uh, nature of online yeah. where you just go I think I'll get that and you get that instead of just perusing in the in the local shops which I love to do so I would say you know maybe it's it's online shopping maybe you can go actually to the high street so it's thinking about what what is it that i'm doing on technology and actually do i need to do that and oh my goodness the answer is no for so many things so many things yeah online shopping doing the social media scrolling you know many things thank you so much claire i've i've got so much to go away and do and there's a list of things, isn't there, yeah. that, that that I'll start to incorporate and hopefully listeners will... Yeah, and we'll um, list too. everything out in the show notes. I'll put a link to a class as well so everybody can do a class and feel themselves taller afterwards too. And I will also say that in a few weeks' time, I'm not going to do it yet, we're going to do... Claire and I will do a back-to-back. Oh, my gosh. Because I am taller. Challenge accepted. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, Claire, and I'll speak to you next time. Thank you, Sophie. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your feedback and questions and any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes of the podcast.
So please drop us a message and let us know. Follow us on Instagram at reimagining underscore you and you can email us at reimagining underscore you at gmail.com. Like, share, comment, do all the things you know you need to do to help other people find us and we'll see you on the next episode.